0: From the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies, this is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, of Pardes Alam. This week, Kedoshim. We will shortly diverge in terms of the Parsha readings between Israel and everyone outside of Israel, since outside of Israel, the last day of Pesach is on Shabbat, which will delay the Parsha outside of Israel until there's a double Parsha later on this year. So the podcast from Pardes will be a week ahead. This week, the podcast is on Kedoshim by Rabbi Alex Israel. Rabbi Alex Israel is a member of the Pardes faculty. And now, Rabbi Alex Israel.
1: Thank you, Larry. This week, we read Parshat Kedoshim. And sometimes when we open Parshat Kedoshim, we feel almost like a, a child in a toy store we are looking at such a range of mitzvot, we don't even know which to turn to first. We start off with, for example, the mitzvah of Shabbat, and then the mitzvah of honoring parents. We then move on later out into the fields where we want to leave the corner of our field or the gleanings for the poor. We move on to the prohibition against um, robbery and lying, we move on to the prohibition against uh, leaving a stumbling block in front of the blind. We come across the uh, injunction not to take revenge, not to talk lashon hara, to go tail bearing, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We move on to the prohibition of mixing different kinds, whether it's in our clothing or whether it's um, mixing species amongst animals or the vegetable kingdom. We have prohibitions against necromancy and black magic, um, laws to do with how we cut our hair. Just such a, a a dramatic range of different laws which encompass so many different areas of halakha and Jewish life. It is just a, a real treat. We have the laws about how to treat uh, the elderly with care, uh, how to not oppress people who are aliens within our society, foreigners, j- just so much here. It is a, a very, very exciting experience to read through parshat Kedoshim. In our few minutes together this week, we are going to address uh, the broad question of the name of the parsha. Um, this parsha is called Kudoshim, meaning uh, holy or sanctified. And it comes from the opening uh, lines here, uh, which read Hashem um, al Daber Ani Hashem The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the whole community of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. I understand that God is holy, although I have to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what exactly that means. What does that word holy mean? But it gets more complicated when God says, you should be holy because I am holy. What exactly does God want of us? What is God instructing us to do? And here we have a huge challenge. I'm going to present three different approaches to the question of holiness and what it means. And we'll see what we can do uh, with these three different approaches. The first is going to be the approach of Rashi um, in his opening comments to the Parsha, where Rashi says, Kedoshim to you Hevu Separate yourselves from forbidden sexual relationships and from sinning. Shekol makom shata motzei gede erva wherever you find a fence before sexual transgression, you also find holiness. And he brings various proofs for this. This is fascinating. I want to unpack Rashi in two stages. The first thing that Rashi does is is to say that holiness is actually a sense of being separate. Separation holiness. Holiness is separation. His second stage is to say that this is particularly related to the question of sexual transgressions. So let's examine both of these uh, assumptions one by one. First the idea of something holy being something separate. I guess we get this from maybe a a very natural idea that uh, things which are holy are, are separated and one has to separate in order to achieve holiness. For example, we make Kiddush on a Friday night. We're separating the day. We have an opening ceremony for Shabbat and a closing ceremony of Shabbat. Our Kiddush sanctifies the day and makes it separate from the rest of the week. And in fact, our closing ceremony for Shabbat is called Havdalah, separation. So, or for example, when we have a holy space, a holy space will be, for example, the Beit Knesset, um Maybe our synagogues or even the Temple Mount, was a place which frequently needed consecration, an act which made it into a holy space. And it involves uh, certain modes of behavior. Uh, one is not meant to eat or drink in a synagogue, one is not meant to go into the temple mount uh, wearing one's money belt or shoes. So this is a separate place which is separated, I might say, dedicated to God. Um, it's cordoned off frequently there are barriers or, 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 or gates which will delineate this particular place um, a different mode of conduct is demanded in Shabbat, in Yom Tov, as during the regular uh, weekday and therefore we have this sense that something which is holy is something which is sectioned aside for an elevated process So Rashi starts by saying, how do I become holy? I separate myself. But what do I separate myself from? And he says, sexual transgressions. That's where I go in order to make myself holy. Where is Rashi getting this from? I have a feeling that Rashi is getting it from the previous chapter, because the previous chapter lists a whole series of sexual offenses uh laws of incest and what have you bestiality and others uh, which halakha prohibits that list ends with the phrase Al't tamu lachem b'chol do not defile yourself in any of those ways and in fact chapter 18 concludes with the phrase tamu bahem, do not defile yourself with them Ani hashem i am hashem your god interestingly the next chapter be holy because i am the lord your god so we might equate the defilement of sexual um, impropriety with uh, becoming defiled and holiness with abstention from those um, acts Likewise, at the end of Parashat Kedoshim, in chapter 20, this entire list of sexual offences returns. But, and if you want to reference, we'll take a look at chapter 20, verse 7. At the start of that list, we have, You shall sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I, the Lord, am your God. And then, again, the list of the sexual offences. Uh, prohibitions. So Rashi is drawing the conclusion that holiness is a withdrawal from inappropriate sexual um, acts. And this might even have a reflection in something that we know very well, which is that marriage uh, within the Jewish context is called Kiddushin. Masechet Kiddushin, the tractate of Kiddushin, is all about marriage. And we see that uh, we even talk about sacred matrimony. The idea of marriage is a certain element of Kedusha. And this is, of course, the idea that we are restricting ourselves to one particular individual um, and limiting all forbidden relationships outside. So much for Rashi. Um, The Ramban, Nachmanides, um, takes issue with Rashi. And he feels that Rashi is being too narrow in his definition of sanctity. He doesn't feel that sanctity should be uh, limited to um, the sexual realm. He says, and I hear I'm quoting from the translation of the Ramban. He says, in the Sifra, which is Rashi's source, he says, I only saw, you shall be holy, Um, you should be separate. Just like I am holy, you should be holy. Just like I am separate, you should be separate. In my opinion, he says, the separation is not to separate only from sexual transgressions, like the words of Rashi, but rather the separation is the one mentioned in every place in the Talmud when its practitioners are called purushim, those who have separated themselves. The Ramban continues and says the following. He says... The Torah has prohibited sexual transgressions and forbidden foods, and it's permitted sexual relations between husband and wife, and the eating of meat and the drinking of wine. If so, a person who is full of desire will find a place to be lecherous with his wife, or many wives, and to be among the guzzlers of wine and the gluttons of meat. He can speak as he pleases with with all sorts of vulgarities, The prohibition of which the Torah doesn't legislate. And then he would be a brute with the permission of Torah. End of quote. Uh, He would be a naval birshut ha-Torah. That's the Hebrew. In other words, the Ramban is saying that there are lots of lacunae. There are lots of uh, gaps in the Torah. But the Torah doesn't particularly legislate about what is a more sophisticated living, a higher level of living, a refined mode of 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 um, conducting oneself and uh, the Rambanist think feels that Kudusha is being in a state where one is elevated to a higher state of being. This seems to um occupy the mind of the ramban in another place as well in deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 18 in the um where the torah says hayashar you shall do the good and correct thing and what is the good and correct thing what's interesting there in the verse is that god has already said observe the commandments of god and all these ordinances and statutes and do the good and right thing so what is the good and right thing and the Ramban there says it is, and again I like open quotation marks for it is impossible for the Torah to mention all of a person's actions towards his neighbors and acquaintances, all his commercial activity, all of his social and political institutions. So after the Torah mentions many laws, for example, don't go around as a talebearer, don't take vengeance. Don't bear a grudge. Don't stand idly by the blood of your fellow. Do not curse the deaf. You should rise before the elderly. By the way, all those quotes are from our parsha, from Parsha Kedoshim. The Torah returns and says generally that one should do the good and the right in all matters, to the point that these are included. That included in this is the notion of lifnim mishurat ha going beyond the letter of the law or what my teacher Rav Aaron lichenstein called an ethic independent of halakha what the ramban is saying is it is, is simple the torah legislates many areas of law Uh, laws for holy times, laws of social justice, laws which relate to sexuality, laws which relate to food. But one can keep all of those different things and still be a degenerate person. A person would still be a disgusting individual because they're living according to the letter of the law and we can sometimes find situations in which there are legal loopholes which allow people to engage in unethical and um, disreputable behavior um, without breaking even a single law of the Torah. But in fact, they are breaking the law of the Torah. What law are they breaking? The law which says, you shall be holy. You shall be holy, for the Ramban means you shall be refined, you shall be moral. For uh, the Ramban, where he says you shall do the right and just thing, again, you have to conduct yourself ethically. And where there is no law, you have to create a law. You have to um, act in in the most upstanding way in all situations, refined in your personal conduct and ethical in your actions and in that way you will be fulfilling the law of kedoshim to you a level of refinement so far from restricting this just to the sexual realm even though this does also relate to the sexual realm for the ramban this is sort of an umbrella law which says i'm going to tell you a, a stunning array of different laws however you have to realize that wherever you do not find a specific piece of legislation, make sure that you are kadosh. You are holy. Holy means being upstanding, ethical, and upright. On a personal note, I have to say that this uh, particular comment of the Ramban has really affected uh, my life and my behavior in many different ways. Now, even I, I remember studying it uh, even before I went to university, and uh, the notion of, for example, of uh, drunkenness, which is so frequent on university campuses, and uh, later in life um, the notion of maybe indulgence in all sorts of things of a material nature, it makes one think that the Torah is maybe asking us to be kadosh in order to make sure that we have correct priorities in our life. And it is a high demand indeed, the notion of being holy. But I love the idea that the Ramban is essentially leaving this to each and every person's conscience to try and see if they can carve out that holiness within their own lives, stand uh, in a more reputable place, and establish for themselves correct priorities. However, I would like to go into a third area, uh, or a third definition, of Kedushah within the context of this uh, Parashat Kedoshim. I have already sort of hinted at the fact that there is a certain symmetry to Parashat Kedoshim, a what we would call in academic biblical studies a chiastic structure, um, an inclusio, uh, whereby if you take the span of the narrative or the the legal text from Leviticus chapter 18 from Vayikra Perek Yudhet, to Perek Chaf, to chapter 20 it is structured in a very symmetrical way um, at the extremities we have the instruction that we should not follow the cultural norms neither of Egypt or of Canaan that we should have a distinct morality we then at the beginning of chapter 18 and also in chapter 20 list out all the sexual Degenerate actions, which leads us to a conclusion. By the way, that uh, there was something about the Canaanite culture, and possibly also about the Egyptian culture, which was particularly particularly degenerate in the sexual sphere. And then, if you want a layer in, in a more symmetrical way, both at the beginning of chapter nineteen, and as I mentioned in chapter twenty, verse seven, there is the injunction to be holy. But what is in the middle? What are the laws contained within the middle? I gave an overview in my opening remarks to this podcast. But if I read through, you will find something very familiar. Chapter 19, verse 3. Ish um, Each person should um, fear or revere their father and mother. They should keep Shabbat. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to other gods, Hashem and do not make molten images, I am the Lord your God. Is this sounding familiar to you? Is it sounding to me? I am the Lord your God, the law of honoring parents, Shabbat, molten images. This sounds remarkably like um like the ten commandments when we get to verse 12 shavu don't swear fulsomely in my name sounds very much like the ten commandments and we will also have laws about um laws of the courtroom and other things uh here it almost seems like a repetition of the ten commandments however not only the ten commandments and here I would like to make a general comment about Parashat Kudoshim. Again, echoing my opening remarks. Parashat Kudoshim takes us... You know what? Let me stop and say what Parashat Kudoshim is not. Many people see sanctity, as Rashi did, withdrawal. Sanctity means uh, being an ascetic. Or ascetic. It means withdrawing from society, going out into the wilderness like the Essenes did who left, lived next to the Dead Sea, withdrawing from society, um, as the Ramban mentioned, prushim, the people who were the Pharisees who were withdrawn, who withdrew from life. However, I would argue that one of the beautiful things about Parashat Kedoshim is that it establishes Kedusha. Holiness in every single walk of life, in the sphere of the family, in the sphere of what we eat, in the fields, as we mentioned, you have to leave the gleanings of your field for the poor, in the field of commerce where it talks about how we are meant to be honest in our business dealings and not uh, put a stumbling block in front of the blind, which means not to mislead people and not to misrepresent. You're not allowed to steal. You're not allowed to, um, to oppress your neighbor. In other words, you're not allowed to overcharge people. You're not allowed to leave the worker's salary overnight. You have to pay him on the correct day. You're not allowed to take vengeance against your neighbor. In all sorts of areas, uh, we find ourselves, whether we are in the boardroom or the bedroom, in the field or in the field of um, payments and employment. And so many different areas are covered in this parsha. And this leads me to a very interesting conclusion, which, um, if you want to read it in more detail, I would open the book Halachic Man by Rabbi Soloveitchik. And Rabbi Soloveitchik says that frequently people look for holiness in the afterlife. They look for holiness in withdrawal from this world. But in fact, true holiness is refining every aspect of our engagement with this world. And how do we do that? The Ramban was looking for a refinement beyond the letter of the law. But we might argue that true holiness is actually contained between chapter 19, verse 1, which says you shall be holy, and chapter 20, verse 7, which repeats you shall be holy. How are you holy? Exactly by keeping the halakha. Holiness is a code. Which enables us to refine our lives in every single aspect. And that is why we have all four different volumes of the Shulchan Aruch, which deals with different areas of our lives from the ritual to the marital to the area of human commerce to all the different areas that we have to, of, of life. That's why when the Rambam wrote his code, he even expanded it beyond, um, the confines of that and included the areas of national governance and what have you into the areas of his code of Jewish law, the Yad Ha'chazakah, the Mishneh Torah and in this regard we will be saying something quite uh, profound which is holiness is not withdrawal, holiness is engagement now this says something about Parsh about the whole book of Leviticus in general If you ask people about the book of Ayikra, the book of Leviticus, most people look at the book of Leviticus as a book which just talks about sacrifice in the temple. But that is only true about the first half of the book. It's certainly true from chapter 1 till about chapter 16 or 17. But in fact, when we get to the second half of the book, and we've just sort of transitioned to the second half, we're going to start talking about holiness in a very different realm. Not holiness in the sectioned zone of the temple, in the confines of the sanctuary, but the holiness that we can create within society. And therefore, for example, next week in Parashat Emor, we will talk about holy times, how to make our time holy, where, as the Torah says, B'chol in all of your abodes, wherever you live. And in Parshat Bahar, we will talk about the land being holy by letting the land rest in the seventh year and by establishing um, social help for those people who have fallen on hard times and need to be assisted in, uh, through tzedakah and through other means. So we're going to talk about, if you want... Parshat kadoshim the idea of creating sanctity in our behaviour in every walk of life the notion of being able to sanctify times wherever we live and the notion of uh, the holy land but really the implication of that for the dealings of human beings in the economic realm and this is a whole different aspect of holiness as opposed to Rashi who said that holiness was withdrawal here holiness is engagement but a certain refined activity. Not a refined activity beyond halakha, but a refined activity as transcribed by halakha. Halakha teaches us how to raise our game and how to take the ordinary, our ordinary living, and really make every single walk of life into a practice of holiness. Uh, my only prayer is that we be worthy of this. That we be worthy of finding ways in order to raise our lives and to make our lives more holy in, in every single moment and in every single way in which we live, and that indeed we shall be kadoshim to you. We shall be holy and be worthy of the status of God's people. Wishing you all a great week and a Shabbat Shalom.
0: Thank you, Rabbi Israel. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Of priests from Jerusalem.